Discover the magic of integrating your financial, legal, and life planning. It's time for Smart Simple Wealth. It's time for another edition of Smart Simple Wealth. Walter Sorholt here alongside Carrie Qureshi, estate and wealth planning attorney at Qureshi Law Firm, serving you in Arkansas, Tennessee, and Texas. Find Qureshi Law online at QureshiLaw.com. And we'll talk a little bit more about this later in the show, but new website to check out with some neat features and resources and all those kinds of things now at QureshiLaw.com. So while you listen to the show today, go check out the website, poke around a little bit, and uh, Carrie, I know that was a, a labor of love and a lot of uh, energy went into creating the new website. Congrats. Yes, thank you. Thank you. As someone who has dabbled in building you know, websites and working on web pages, uh, if anybody's been down that road before, it's always appropriate to say congratulations on a new website because it, it takes a lot of work to make a good one. So. Yeah, and we had had you know, our existing website and we had a lot of good content. And so it wasn't starting from scratch. It was harder because we had to move over all the content that we loved, but kind of you know scrap or redo some of the new stuff and just make it more user friendly and add you know, a lot more information. And so it really, it took us you know, a little over six months. And so like you said, yes, it's a labor of love, um, but we really think think that people will enjoy the new site. Well, we'll talk about some more things you can find on the site later on in today's show. But first, let's dive into what we're going to be talking about on the program today. We're going to be talking about how women specifically can make sure that they are involved in financial decisions, an important topic. Uh, we also have a listener question from Samantha wondering about picking stocks. So that should be a great conversation as well. Also, we're going to ask Carrie what's the hardest she's ever worked for something in her life. And I'm looking forward to the answer to that question and more on today's show. Maybe the website, maybe something else. <laughs> right. You never know. <laughs> never know. We'll, see. we'll get to that a little bit later on. But let's kick it off with our quote of the month, Carrie. Uh, this one's from Benjamin Franklin. And he said, your net worth to the world is usually determined by what remains after your bad habits are subtracted from your good ones. Mm. Pretty interesting way of looking at things, isn't it? Yeah, and you know, Ben Franklin has a lot of quotes, but I actually, I had not heard that one Me before. neither. I feel like that's how I think, though. Like, I don't know, in my mind, like, I can I, I calculate things of like, all right, what's all the bad stuff you've done in life? Does it... <laughs> Does it, does it even out? <laughs> does it even out or do you come out a little bit ahead, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I like that because, I mean, to me what it says is that your your net worth isn't determined by what's in your bank account, right? And we talk about that a lot with estate planning. We talk about, you know, what's your legacy? What are your What's your non-financial wealth? I and mean, so I think this quote ties right into that. Yeah, I think so. You can look at this from a lot of different angles, right? The financial side and, you know, also your your mistakes don't add up to equal your net worth either. Um, you know, I think there's a lesson to be learned there as well. You know, subtract the bad habits from the good things about you too. <laughs> and, yeah. and keep yeah. and that you're in still, mind. And you'll still be ahead. Yeah, put things in perspective. Yeah, I think that's a good reminder both financially and just uh, life-wise on the program today. All right, so this was interesting, Carrie. Let's dive into the main topic of the program today. A recent study, or a survey, I should probably say, found that nearly half of uh, the female respondents to this survey said that they defer major financial investment decisions to their spouses. Most of the explanations amounted to just you know wanting to stick their heads in the sand, honestly. They want to just know that they're taken care of, but then not get mired in the minutiae. But we've heard countless stories on this show and in the news of why it's a bad idea to stick your head in the sand, uh, because one day you might become the lead decision maker and you won't have any context of what's happened before that point to make good decisions. And so on today's episode, I want to go over with you some tips for how women can get back in the game when it comes to the, their involvement in the process 
of making financial decisions. And we don't have to necessarily become the leader, right? But just need to be more heavily involved. Is that kind of what we're getting at? Right, right. And, you know, I'm, I'm actually surprised that, you know, the recent survey said that it was still nearly half of women. Um, you know, we see that a lot in our practice. And I feel like it's slowly changing that women are still taking more of, of a lead role in, in the financial um, aspect of, of their, you know, situation. But I guess it's not moving as quickly as what I would maybe expect at this point in time. You probably also, you know, if people are coming in to meet with you, you may also be attracting folks who are already turning that corner, whereas the larger, you know, population may still be lagging behind a little bit versus, you know, folks that you may tend to attract or you empower a lot of people who listen to this program and, and, and learn from your resources, Carrie, so that by the time they may have that conversation with you, they may be a little bit further along than the normal person, which is a good thing. That, that education that you provide is probably working. So here's a couple of tangible steps and ideas that you can tackle to maybe get you back in if you fall into that category of not being part of the decision-making process. And first tip is to picture the worst. Now, that sounds a little daunting, Carrie, but what do we mean by that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it, people are saying, well, I don't, I don't, I don't want to picture the worst. But that goes back to the point about sticking your head in the sand and not really um, doing any type of planning. And we see that in estate planning and we see that in retirement planning. But it's really, really important to say or imagine what would happen if, if, if the worst, you know, situation, you know, what would that look like? And more importantly, what would I need to do? You know, if I if I lost my loved one and, and he was the one managing, you know, all the investments and retirement planning, what would I need to do to take control of my own retirement and my own future? And, you know, if you can put yourself through, the, you know, this mental exercise and, and you know, and of course it's, it's not going to be fun, but it really can open up your eyes to some of the pitfalls of, of not having a really good grasp and understanding of the financial details. And I think just that alone um, will make you want to take um, a little bit more proactive role in, in the planning. Yeah, a little role play, if you will, can go a long way in helping you kind of at least feel a little bit of what that emotion would look like if you were suddenly in uh, you know, a bad financial position or got thrust into that point of having to make the big financial decisions now that you weren't used to. So that's one good tangible uh, step. Picture the worst. That can kind of put you in the right frame of mind. But then you don't have to jump to any major decisions. You don't have to all of a sudden learn uh, all the intricacies of tracking spreadsheets and doing anything too crazy, right, Carrie? We can take it slow would be step number two. Absolutely. That's great advice. And so you just, you'll, you'll be overwhelmed if you try to jump in and do it all at once. And so just, you know, do it one piece at a time and maybe start with looking at what your account balances are, you know, where are they? What are they? And then start to work with your spouse just a little at a time and saying, Hey, will you show me how to do X or show me how to do Y? You know, and and looking at, you know, maybe the paychecks if you're still working and and where those funds are going and then maybe start changing and looking at the savings and retirement accounts. You know, how much are we putting into retirements? And and slowly but surely you'll start to learn a little bit more about the investments, you know, and maybe how they're managed, you know, and, and, and before you know it, you know, over time you can have a really good grasp of, you know, the financial health. It's a great point. Yeah, build slowly, one step after the other. Don't have to uh, jump all the way to the finished product necessarily. Tip number three, find some balance. So the the mix, right, of responsibility is not going to be the same for every couple. 
Right, right. And even if, you know, we're talking about, you know, normally the, the husband having, you know, more decision-making ability in this type of situation, it doesn't mean that you guys have to be 50-50. You know, if he's always done, it doesn't mean that you have to split it equally. You know, it could be 60-40 or you could, you know, just say, I like learning or handling these aspects. Okay, and so that's your job from now on once you kind of get situated. So like I said, it doesn't have to be 50-50, but it, does, it, it doesn't need to be 100 you know, percent him, zero percent you as well. And so just work together and, and kind of figure out what each of you like doing best. And then last but not least, this is an easy one, Carrie, and it's, uh, you know, get some help. If you find, you know, getting that balance in place and maybe one's not a great teacher to the other, whatever the case may be, <laughs> well, there's there's helpful resources out there. Yeah, and, and we've heard stories, and I've had clients come in, and, you know, one of their reasons for coming in and wanting to work with a professional like myself is to say, you know, if, if I'm not here anymore, I want my wife to be taken care of. And, and, and she doesn't have an active role in managing the money. She's going to need help. You know, is that something you can work with her and help her understand, you know, where her money is at and how it needs to be invested? And I love doing that because I'm not just going to manage it for them. I'm, there's an education aspect of that. And I think you talked about that earlier is, you know, part of my job is to help, you know, both people to understand, you know, how their money is working for them and where it needs to be. And so, yeah, if they have um, issues, you know, working it out amongst themselves, I would always say seek out a competent advisor and they can really make that part a lot easier. Absolutely. And uh, really essential to make sure that we're making good decisions when it comes to our financial plans, both individually and as couples. And let's trace back real quick before we wrap up the discussion here, Carrie, the why. You know, why is it important for it not to be one spouse takes care of 100% of the finances and the other? Because you've seen those situations before where somebody comes in kind of being thrust into this spotlight. What are the consequences if we don't have women or, or even if we just drop out the man versus woman part of the discussion and just have it be the other spouse not involved at all? Right. I mean, I think the biggest consequence is you know, possibly running out of money in retirement or not not living your best retirement life. If you don't know how things are invested or how things are managed and you don't know how to do it, then, yeah, there's going to be a lot of issues. And I think I always think back to one of the main reasons on why I got into the financial planning and investment world. Um, because if you remember, I, I started out just as an estate planning attorney and then, you know, saw the need to have this comprehensive planning approach. But I remember in particular um, a client coming into my office, um, an older lady, and we had done their trust for her and her husband um, several years ago. And then he had passed away. And so she called the office and she made an appointment to come in to speak with me. Um, what to do next, you know, appointment. But she had a statement in her hand and it was um, her retirement statement. And, you know, she had opened it up. And when she started talking about it, I mean, she got really emotional because she just said, Carrie, I, I don't understand what happened, you know, because he always managed the money. He told me we were fine. We were in great shape. I would never have to worry about money. But when she looked at the account balances, it had dropped significantly from what he had told her in the past. And, and she had a right to be concerned. And so that was one of the, the, the moments that had a huge impact on my career and on what I need to be doing to help clients and to have those conversations before it ever gets to that point. Because I don't ever want to have another client come in and to have that conversation. And so, 
Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, it's so important, and especially as women, because women, I mean, we typically outlive the men. And, and, and I know a lot of husbands will attest to that, say, yeah, yeah, my, my wife is going to, you know, drive me to the grave. And we've all heard those jokes, but it's true. We live longer. And so statistically, you know, we are going to be, you know, without the husband. And so it's very important to know um, what's going on with your money. So important to know that. And if you have any questions about what we've talked about or need some help facilitating these kinds of conversations, perhaps with a significant other, don't ever hesitate to reach out to talk about these things with Carrie. You can reach her by calling 870-275-4304. That's 870-275-4304. Or go online to QureshiLaw.com, and uh, we will link to those resources in the description of today's episode so it's easy for you to find and get in touch and uh, yeah just make sure you get involved in the process it's getting to know you time well it's time to get to know carrie a little bit better on today's show and carrie what's the hardest you've ever worked for something Oh, the hardest I've ever worked for something. Oh, well, it's just that I'm so talented, Walter, that everything is so easy. (laughs) (laughs) I wish. No, I wish. (laughs) You know, I've always, and I don't know the right saying for it, but there's, there's some saying or quote out there. You know, like, I'm not the most talented or whatever, but but I can outwork them. I, I'm the hardest worker. And, sure. and and that hard work can outwork talent or something like that. Right. And so I've always believed that, you know, the work ethic and what you put into something is way more important than, than even natural abilities. And so, you know, that's a tough question. I would say, you know, law school and passing the bar was, was pretty hard, Um I was one of those that... That probably ranks I, up there, I would it, think. It ranks up there pretty high. But, you know, when I think about it, I think there's even one other thing that stands out to me above above law school would be um, when I won my world championship with my quarter horse. I think way, way back a long time ago, I think 2005, I was named the world champion in amateur horsemanship with American Quarter Horse Association. And to me, that was a lifelong dream. And that was something that I had started working at since I was a kid. I mean, missing um, extracurricular activities in school to go to, you know, ride my horse and work with my trainer, missing, you know, proms and, and football games and everything, you know, spending my summers, you know, um, at the trainers and, and, and just really, really working so, so hard. Um, I think that when I think back on it, you know, I would say that that's, that's definitely the hardest I've ever worked at something because that was just years and years and years of, of effort. Yeah, and it's uh, got a physical component too, which probably just adds, adds to that a little bit, I would say. Absolutely. And, and you're working with animals. I mean, you're working with a partner. And so at the end of the day, mm. you may be at the top of your game, but your, your horse wasn't at the top of the game, you know, today. And that's a, it's a team sport. And so everything has to be just right to where, you know, you're at your peak and your, your horse or your partner is at the peak. And when the timing, you know, is aligned, then it's, it, it's beautiful and things work out. But I can't tell you how many times where, you know, just one little thing would go wrong, you know, and it's whether you're, you're in the final, of, of a championship, I mean, I've had that happen numerous times. But for that that one, you know, show, then I, I guess that's where everything worked out. It all came together. That's fantastic. And yeah. uh, thank you for sharing both of those uh, experiences. Yeah. What um, about you? Do you have anything that you'd say that? I would say probably I was uh, when I was in middle uh, high school. I was really, really. O- I was I was overweight for a high school kid. 
and you know not in very good shape. I'd gotten out of shape after being very active in sports for a really long time. And when I was, ooh, let's see, halfway through sophomore year, we ended up moving. So after growing up in one spot for my whole life, we ended up moving to the to the coast. And so new high school, new everything. And so I would say the hardest thing was just that that adjustment to, you know, uh, switching schools halfway through high school. But then I took up cross country. Uh, my math teacher, I think I may have even told the story before on the show at some point, but my math teacher in that second semester of sophomore year, he also happened to be the cross country coach. And I really liked that teacher. He was he was Mr. Mayo. He was awesome. And, you know, I just wanted to learn more from Mr. Mayo. And since he could have probably taught basket weaving, I would have probably been interested in it just because I wanted to kind of learn more from him. But since it was cross country, that's what I wanted to, to learn and get into. So I talked to him at the end of the school year about trying out for the cross country team the next year. You know, this like heavyweight dude who's <laughs> not run more than the length of like the street I live on in, you know, quite some time. And he was like, can you run three miles? And I was like, mm, maybe by the end of the summer. And he was like, well, get to that point and then, you know, come on out. So that summer, it was pretty much all I did was run every day. And I started really small. Like I would run literally like maybe 100 yards until I was out of breath and couldn't do it more. And then the next day I would add on a little extra and a little extra and a little extra and a little extra. And finally, the day before the first cross-country practice, I did my first full 5K run without stopping. And so that was that was pretty hard to do that summer. It was a really fun summer because I, I didn't have a job yet because still being sort of a sophomore. My mom was off of work um, during that transition. So we got to hang out a lot. I volunteered at the local aquarium and I was the guy at like the, you know, the touch tank where they come around and you have like the, um, uh-huh. you know, yeah. the different little crustaceans and animals and horseshoe crabs and things like that. So I manned the touch tank, which was maybe probably a precursor to my broadcasting career, being up in front of a crowd, like telling people about the animals and stuff like that. And that was like the only three things I did all summer was <laughs> aquarium, uh, hang out with mom. We would go to movies and stuff like that all the time and relax and hang out. And then I and I ran and run yeah. and I ran and um, I'll do like twice a day a lot of the time to try and get fit. And so it was such an accomplishment at the end of the summer to finally run that 5K. So that was probably the hardest thing I've ever done that transition that summer. But uh, it was really funny. The first day of cross country practice, we we, we go and we run, we do the 5K. And um, after I finished the first lap, the uh, the coach was like, hey, I know this is, you know, maybe a big ask. He's like you know, everyone is going to go ahead and do a 10K today. Um, <laughs> so, but if you only can want to do the 5K, that's fine. But I was like, I don't want to be the guy on the, the team, right, that didn't complete the mission. But I was also like, you got to be kidding me. I just ran a 5K <laughs> for the first time yesterday. Now I got to run a 10K. Yeah. But I did it. I ran the full 10K. It took me forever. Um, but I somehow was able to level up and do that that day. Probably a, a big help to adrenaline. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm sure that had something to, that kicked yep. you in to help you out. And the cool thing was everybody on the team waited for me. They all finished way ahead of time. They had already finished stretching and were done, but they all waited for me to come and like finish the route. So I knew I was in a good That's place awesome. with a good team. Yeah. Uh, so that was a really good experience, and it was well worth the hard work to get there. So Yeah, sounds like it. Probably it for me, but cool. Fun, fun stories there. All right, let's uh, answer a listener question. I think this will be a really good one, Carrie. It's time for the mailbag. We want to hear from you.
All right, this question comes to us from Samantha in Harrisburg. Samantha says, is it risky to pick your own stocks? I have a friend that says she's made over 20% the past few months trading online. Is that something I need to start doing? Oh, wow. Yeah, you know, we get this question a lot, you know, that people want to, um, you know, just pick a handful of stocks. And, you know, we see it a lot on, I see it a lot on Facebook. I don't know about you, Walter, but I see a lot of people promoting um, like the Robinhood app because they have an affiliate link and get your free trades and all of this. And we just had all that stuff in the news of GameStop GameStop, and everything. Yeah, and we could do a totally whole show on the GameStop issue. Um, But, you know, when it comes down to it, you know, being a, what I call a master stock picker, it may sound sexy and may sound cool that you're going to make a lot of money. But for most investors, it's probably a bad idea because studies show that choosing stocks is almost always a losing proposition. So even for professionals, and, 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 and the end thing is just that the risk versus the reward of, of owning your own stocks it just it's simply not in your favor because you're going to not only have um, you know the trading stocks but you're going to have underlying fees associated with those trades and that's going to eat into any money that you make and so you know when I'm having this conversation with you know prospects or clients you know the bottom line is that we don't have a crystal ball yes it would be great if we did but we don't and so when it comes to investing, the smartest thing you can do is to have a diversified portfolio that focuses on asset allocation. And when I'm talking about asset allocation, you know, it's just the implementation of an investment strategy where we try to balance that risk and reward by looking at the different percentages of each asset, okay, Um, you know, based on the risk tolerance of that investor, based on your goals, um, lots of different factors. And, you know, numerous studies have shown that over 90% of a portfolio's return is determined by asset allocation, not individual stock selection or market timing. And so I would just say, you know, if if it's a little bit of fun money and you're willing to flush it down the toilet, then go for it. But if it is significant savings, if this is your retirement, then please don't don't go that route. Yeah, that's uh, that's what I do is it's the fun money on the side. Uh, Just have a little bit that I said, all right, this is what you have to have fun with. And now you can't keep funding it. So if it goes to zero, like the game's over, bud. Like that's yeah. the- it's like when you go to Vegas and you say, I'm going to spend X amount. And when I'm, right. when I'm broken out of money, I'm done. I'm just going to go eat and watch my shows or whatever. You know, I'm not right. a big gambler, but I know people say, here's, here's my budget and I'm willing to, to spend this and not a penny more. Yeah, they kind of view it as like, uh, I feel like it's a bad idea that we're trading. Well, maybe it's a good idea that we're comparing gambling to, <laughs> you know, investing. But that's what it becomes when you really just start picking stocks without a whole lot of knowledge. You're really taking right. a lot of risk almost as much as you would just going and, you know, throwing throwing the dice or uh, right. you know, flipping the cards, that kind of thing. And there's a so. way to invest that, that, that where we take out a lot of the risk. You can't ever take out all the risk of investing. There's always that aspect there. But when we can minimize a lot of different factors, you know, having that diversified portfolio is going to be a lot less risky than individual stocks. Yeah. So if it, you have a little side fun, fun money account, great. Just don't get caught in the trap of it going to zero and then refunding it and then going to zero and refunding it. And that's where you get yourself maybe in trouble. So right. 
it, you should take the hint if you go to zero a couple of times that maybe that's not for you. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Yes. And don't touch the retirement accounts and start picking risky stocks like that. That's uh, yes. that's not that's not a good way to go about it. Uh, but great question, Samantha. It is a popular one. And I don't think there's, you know, it's not all bad, Carrie, not to go down the rabbit hole further, but just kind of one last comment here. It's not necessarily a bad thing, though, that people ask these kinds of questions because it shows people are engaged and interested in learning about finances and money. And I do think some good can come from that of people taking more responsibility. You were actually, uh, or I was talking to somebody this morning, actually, a uh, one of our interns, and he was telling me that uh, the latest thing on TikTok now, you know, it's like all the young folks are using TikTok these days yep, to communicate. Yep. He's like, in the wake of all that GameStop noise and news and, you know, people trading stocks and all that, apparently the most popular thing on TikTok at this exact moment is Roth IRAs. Go figure. <laughs> but all, yeah. all the young people are talking about Roth IRAs and saving for retirement because some popular TikTok person got on there and started talking about the benefits of it and those kinds of things. So, yep. I mean, that's, that's awesome. That's a great thing. That, that is awesome. But you also have to take the information with a grain of salt, depending on where you get it from. Because my husband, I don't, I'm not on TikTok, but he does. And he'll show me videos. I mean, just the other day, we had somebody, some young person, I don't know who he was, talking about all the tax savings and tax deductions you can get. And he was talking about how you can um, write off your haircuts and clothing and all this other stuff. And I'm sitting there screaming, no, no, you can't do that. That's terrible advice. You know, and, 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 and the comments were like, there were actual CPAs that got on there and was like, no. No, you have no idea. You're giving away bad information. And then there's a lot of it when it comes to, you know, insurance products and and investing as well. And so I'd always say that, you know, with any advice, you know, do your own homework, you know, get more than just, you know, one source of information um, before you actually try to implement something like that. But yeah, the Roth Roth IRAs, you know, that that, that is that is good information because I do feel like a lot of young people need to be looking towards the Roth versus a traditional yeah, you, you don't drop your guard of still don't trust everything you read on the internet. Absolutely. Yeah, especially on TikTok. <laughs> yeah, especially if it's coming from TikTok. But the sentiment is there and good that people are, you know, paying attention to their personal finance. Hopefully they then continue further research and not take action just from a TikTok video. But, right. Uh, but yeah, if it's inspiring more people to take responsibility for their personal finances and inquire a little bit more about what good planning looks like then it's a positive thing. So I I still applaud the question, Samantha. Thanks for asking it. And it was a good one. If you have any questions for Carrie, you can certainly give her a call again at 870-275-4304 or go to QureshiLaw.com. And Carrie, let's uh, finish up the show this week talking about the website. Again, congratulations on it. What are some of the new resources and things that people can kind of uh, tap into there on the site? Right. No, you know, I think, you know, the some of the best features that we've added on is we've really added a lot to our free resources page. And so we had a couple of books um, and free reports, but we've really expanded that. And so it doesn't matter if you're interested in learning more about retirement planning, tax planning, estate planning. Um, we have all different resources, whether you like to read, you know, in a book format, you want a shorter report version. And then we have a couple of really awesome webinars. Um, if you don't like to read, if you'd rather just sit there and, and watch a video um, and learn, um, then you could definitely sign up for one of the webinars. Um, and we're really excited because as we expand the website, we're going to start adding a lot more video, you know, and frequently asked questions. You know, it was a lot of work, but we're very proud of it um, because the whole point is to really educate 
consumers on what's important around integrated financial, legal, and life planning. And so if they can go to our website and get accurate information, um, hopefully that will motivate them to take control and do their own planning. Um, so, so yeah, definitely go, go check that out. And I'd, I'd love to know any, you know, feedback. And so if you go to our website, you know, use the chat feature, send us an email and let us know what you think about it. You can schedule an appointment now on the website, which is great. You can listen to the podcast. There's a brand new audio player to uh, check out the podcast on there. Also, reviews, lots of good stuff on there. So, when we read more about not only Carrie, but the rest of the team at Qureshi Law Firm. So, it's all there for you. Go check it out and uh, get some more great information about making sure that you are protecting and uh, thinking about you know, integrating your financial, legal, and life plan, what we talk about each week here on the show. Carrie, thank you so much for the help and guidance on the show today, and we'll talk to you again next month. Thank you, Walter. All right, we appreciate it. That's Carrie Qureshi. I'm Walter Storholt. We'll talk to you next time right back here on Smart Simple Wealth. Did you know you can subscribe to the Smart Simple Wealth podcast with your favorite app? It's on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and dozens of other places where you listen to podcasts. And if it's not on an app you'd like to use, let us know and we'll get it on there. To make sure you never miss an episode, just search Smart Simple Wealth on your favorite podcasting platform today and subscribe. Investment advisory services offered through Pegasus Wealth Coaching, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Legal services provided by Qureshi Law Firm, PLLC. The Qureshi Law Firm and Pegasus Wealth Coaching are not affiliated in any way. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. Opinions expressed are subject to change without notice and are not intended as investment or legal advice. Past performance does not guarantee future results. Consult your financial professional before making any investment decision. Information provided does not create an attorney-client relationship and cannot substitute for obtaining legal advice from an attorney admitted to practice law in your state.